Hello, and thank you for joining me on the third and final episode of the Ruta Roundup. It has been a blast to talk to talk to the head man uh, with the Razorback men's basketball hoop squad. Um, just wrapped up the interview. He has a lot of a lot of neat things to say, and I'm I'm super excited for you guys to check it out. But before we get into it, I want to talk about uh, Kick Vintage, who make this series possible. They've been in the vintage scene for about 10 years. They specialize in 80s, 90s, early Y2K curated artware and some pretty sweet Razorback gear. Uh, they're on Instagram at Kick Vintage. If you're looking for something original and unique or check them out, their next pop up. Um, I've personally used them. I, I love their apparel and they, they got some really good stuff to get you guys geared up for the fall and winter. So make sure to go check them out. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and I'll see you soon. This edition of Razorbackology Talks. Today is Wednesday, August 11th, and I am here with Anthony Ruda to wrap up the famed Ruda Roundup. Um, Coach, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to you, the director of men's basketball for the Hogs. You, you know it all, the inside, the outside. Uh, this is year number three for you. Uh, you you got to be pretty close to a Northwest Arkansas resident if you aren't already. So just walk me through kind of uh, year three and, and some things we're looking forward to this year. Yeah, I mean, this this kind of feels like um, really in a lot of ways, like year two, like your first year on the job. You know, there's a there's a million moving parts and, you know, you kind of blink and you're, you know, year one's over. And then obviously going into year two with, um, you know, COVID-19 and kind of all the hurdles that created. So it kind of feels like now going into year three, um, you know, getting settled in and, and, and really excited to uh, see what this year has in store. One of our pro hogs uh, just went to the NBA finals and won himself a NBA championship. I know you're a, you're a fair weather NBA fan and you, you cheer for, for different teams with your guys on it. But uh, how, uh, how much were you guys rooting for the Bucks to take home the title this year? The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Oh, I think, you know, from from Bobby's standpoint in, in the Bucks in general, um, you know, we had a lot of rooting interest within our office, um, you know, not just for Bobby, um, but also, uh, you know, Ronald Dupree, uh, who myself, Coach Musselman, um, Hayes Myers, a few other guys on staff had worked with. Um, he, he's a scout for the Bucks as, long, as well as a former graduate assistant, Peter Herman. He works in the front office for the Bucks. So we already had a rooting interest there, but then you throw in uh, Bobby to the mix. And, um, you know, what an unbelievable playoff you know, season he had, um, you know, for Milwaukee. A guy that, you know, didn't necessarily come into the playoffs as probably one of the better known names throughout the NBA, um, but just with, taking advantage of opportunity, hard work, hustle, um, you know, was really able to make a name for himself. And I know, um, you know, throughout the borders of the state, um, everybody was rooting extremely hard, hard for Bobby. And then, um, you know, on a national scale, 
to be able to have that impact. Um, you know, we're beyond happy for Bobby and, and so thrilled for, um, you know, everything that uh, he was able to accomplish. And obviously um, the ultimate accomplishment being able to win an NBA championship. Yeah. And then uh, now you got a new member of the Golden State Warriors to, to look out for. Moses Moody joined the Splash Brothers in Golden State with the 14th pick of this year's draft. I, I saw you guys were all hanging out at Coach Muss's house and uh, celebrating him at the draft party. So what, what were kind of those emotions like and how happy are you guys for him? I mean, beyond thrilled for Moses, um, you know, to, to be able to come in, um, you know, obviously a highly rated recruit, um, not necessarily one of those top 10 players in the country per se, but to be able to, you know, do what he did in his one year here at Arkansas, be the first one and done in school history, and then be able to be a lottery pick in his first year. Um, you know, a lot of that is a testament to all the hard work and, um, you know, perseverance Moses had being able to, uh, you know, really work on his game, not just in practice, but during the unforeseen hours, early in the morning, late at night. Um, so we're beyond thrilled for Moses. And then just that whole draft experience was really cool. I was able to experience it, um, you know, a couple of years back with Coach Muss when uh, Cody Martin got drafted at Nevada and just kind of all the phone calls and stuff like that, that um, Coach Field and then again last year with Isaiah and Mason, um, but, but this was, this was very unique, uh, you know, with Moses being a lottery pick, um, you know, just all the phone calls and like, we, I shouldn't say everybody at the draft party knew, but coach kind of tipped a few of us off that, uh, you know, he felt pretty good about Moses going, uh, eight or 14th because with the Warriors, because of all the phone calls he had had. So that was, um, you know, just really cool to see a former NBA head coach and all in all coaches background in the NBA as assistant coach, head coach, um, and all the people he knew, um, just being able to kind of have like an inner inside scoop with all that. But, you know, like I said, I mean, we're, we're beyond happy for Moses. He's in an unbelievable situation, has had a um, really great start to summer league, both in Sacramento and in Vegas. So um, feel like he, he found himself in a really good position. Yeah, and sometimes these early draft picks, you kind of worry about, the environment they're in and, you know, the coaching staff or some of the players, you know, I mean, the, the, the teams that are picking first in the draft usually don't have the best roster situations and, and you know how that goes, but I want to kind of click into that. Like Moses is going into a spot in golden state with clay Thompson, Steph, Draymond and Steve Kerr. I mean, that's a excellent situation to be in. Uh, I guess, how do you think he's going to like, what role do you think he's going to kind of play in Golden State, and how do you think he's going to mesh there? Well, I mean, I, th I think also from the Warriors' standpoint, um, not only, you know, all the names that you mentioned, but to kind of piggyback on that, um, the reason the Warriors were able to get these two draft picks with a guy like Clay Thompson being out for, I think it was like 700-plus days since the last time he's uh, played in an NBA game, to have that caliber of player, like you said, with him, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, Moses is going into an unbelievable situation, um, a team not far removed from um, not just winning NBA championships, but literally being in the NBA finals for four out of five years or whatever it was uh, not too long ago. So it's a great situation for Moses. And I think, um, you know, from Moses' standpoint, 
um, you know, he's just going to come in and, and do what's needed, whether that's uh, score the basketball, stretch the floor with the three ball, um, get to the rim and draw free throw attempts, uh, defend multiple positions, rebound his position. He's so versatile. Um, there's so many ways that he can check into an NBA game and be able to affect the game and, and have a tremendous impact. Yeah, so give me a way too early 2022 NBA Finals prediction. Who, who do we got from the Eastern and Western Conference? Wow, you're putting me on the spot already. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I think the East, um, you know, still kind of goes through uh, Milwaukee. I think Miami's done a tremendous job in free agency being able to, um, you know, kind of sure up their roster. So I think Miami and Milwaukee are kind of the two teams to watch out of the East. And then if you look at the Western Conference, I, I think it's really going to be uh, wide open. I mean, Phoenix did a, um, you know, great job, you know, being able to build their roster through the draft with a lot of young pieces that are clicking and to sure up a guy like uh, Chris Paul, you know, was, was really good. And then you look at what uh, the L.A. Lakers have done, being able to add Russell Westbrook and, you know, a couple uh, older pieces per se, but I think, um, you know, from that standpoint, they're, they're starting to see their window close a little bit. So I think, um, you know, I don't know if I can give you two, but I, I'll give you two each for me from each side. Phoenix and uh, L.A. and then uh, from the east, Milwaukee and Miami. That's fair. That's a good answer. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to this in about 10, 11 months and see how you did. Yeah, cold takes exposed. <laughs> so... When we look, I think the last time we talked, NIL was was still pretty new, um, and you know we were it was it was still kind of a, a hiccup when we were trying to figure out is it NIL or NLI, and you know just getting those two mixed up. But probably by now we've we've cemented that it's NIL. Um, it's it's been a month. Uh, kind of what have you learned? What have you? What are some things that maybe have happened that you wouldn't have expected? I mean, I don't. Devo is it feels like it's every other day he's he's partnering with a dealership or a restaurant and uh, he, he's got to be loving life um, on the not so fun side you still haven't gotten that Chipotle endorsement that uh, we were begging for so what have what have you kind of learned in this first month of uh, arguably one of the biggest waves of, of college athletics yeah I mean I think like this first month and really this first year um everybody's kind of learning, whether it's from um, the player side or the administration or, you know, the outside world. So we're, uh, you know, trying to keep a, as much of an open mind and, and, and trying to learn as much as we can about this NIL, because, you know, I think if anybody told you um, they have this thing completely figured out, they'd be lying. But, uh, you know, we're, we're excited for our guys. We're excited um, for them to really have the, this opportunity that they've never, never had before um, being able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. So give me a sneak peek into, into the state of the hoops program right now. Are that practices are going on? Um, are we, is it, is it a training camp session? Or are we doing just kind of what's the, what's the state of, of the hoops program right now? So we just finished up our um, summer practices, uh, you know, the week before last um, you know, last week of July. And, um, you know, we, we, we feel really good about where our team was at. We had a tremendous summer. Um, you know, I, I think a testament of any really good team, whether it was 
last year our Elite Eight run or the year uh, we made the Sweet 16 at Nevada a few years back. Um, you know, kind of all sorts now during the summertime. We do it a little unique where, you know, we'll go four times a day, four times a week, one hour a day uh, using our four hours mandated by the NCAA rules. And um, we do more practice and we do uh, skill development type because our guys are so good at doing their skill, de skill development outside of hours. Um, but, you know, with each and every practice, there was a different guy that stepped up and it, it, it would be the quote unquote top performer that day. Um, you know, and going back to our lead eight run or Nevada sweet 16 run, a lot of those type performances would happen. Um, so I think, you know, our team is extremely deep, incredibly deep right now. Um, you know, we have a lot of really good players and really good pieces and, um, you know, we're beyond excited. They're, they're getting some much needed downtime um, after a great summer. And, and then um, what Coach Musselman's done a tremendous job of is being able to, you know, kind of intertwine some fun activities with our guys. Um, you know, a lot of uh, chemistry building, um, stuff like that, where, you know, we went boxing one day. Uh, the guys played laser tag, did a spin class, stuff like that um, outside of basketball where they're really able to bond and build that chemistry, um, we feel like is a tremendous um, benefit, especially during these, um, you know, dog days of summer where, you know, it can, it can be a little hard um, with not as much going on on campus with all the students being out of town. So our guys um, being able to have those experiences, um, we feel like has really benefited them. Yeah, I want to talk about the boxing for a second. Um, if if you had to send a memo out to the, the rest of the Southeastern Conference, you said, hey, there's this guy on our team, a player, you just, you don't want to mess with him. Like, don't don't get in a scuffle with him on the court. You don't want to mess with him. I've, I've seen him box. I've seen him hit the punching bag. You don't you don't want to mess with this guy. Now, now who is this guy on the Arkansas Razorbacks that SEC teams shouldn't mess with? I mean, to be honest, watching them box, they're – there was more of them that I wouldn't mess with than I would mess with. I mean, they, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of our guys looked like, um, you know, they had taken a boxing class before they were, they were um, really in tune. And it, it was such a fun workout to be able to watch because our guys were um, really zoned in and, and in, in tune with it. And I think uh, the next day, a little sore because, uh, for anyone that's done a boxing type class or box before, it works with a lot of different muscles that you don't normally use. Um, you know, I didn't do it this time, but when I had done um, a previous boxing class, I loved the workout. It was a great workout. I woke up the next morning and I could not get out of bed. There was muscles in my back I didn't even know I had um, that were sharp pain. So I think our guys felt that a little bit, but they had a tremendous amount of fun and, um, you know, a lot of a lot of tough guys that uh, picked up the boxing really quickly. Yeah. So it, it was released to the public um, that Arkansas is opening up the season against Mercer. And I think we're about less than three months away. Has the has the scouting started for Mercer? Have you been checking out Mercer for the last four months? Or are, you, are you waiting to do the, the Mercer scouting until a little later? Or where are we with that? Um, you know, when it comes to the scheduling, um, whether it's Mercer or 
um, shoot, even a lot of teams that we don't even end up putting on our schedule. Um, you know, we try to do a little bit of like self scouting when we're figuring out, um, you know, if this is a game we want to play or your stuff like that. So there's a, there's a baseline understanding of Mercer. I'd be lying if I said uh, we have the scouting report done right now, but um, you know, we, we're, we're really familiar with them and uh, you know, the non-conference schedule is really coming along, um, you know, expect within uh, probably in the next uh, two, two weeks or so to have it finalized and, and out there and uh, being able to, uh, you know, start really preparing for the teams. And like I said, I, I think the fan base would be really excited with the schedule and, the, and some of the games we have in place. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see the schedule rolled out um, with, there's there's rumors and it looks like it's it's going to be true that two flagship institutions in their respective states, Texas and Oklahoma, are joining the SEC somewhere somewhere down the line. Um, there's been a lot of talk about you know conference realignments and scheduling and pods. Um, you know, personally, if I was Greg Sankey, I would I would hire you to be a part of that uh, logistics mess of should we keep the Eastern and Western or should we go with pods. Um, tell me if, if, if you've thought about anything uh, surrounding surrounding those two schools and uh, what would be your uh, divisional or pod uh, suggestion? You know, I, I haven't really thought that much about, you know, per se uh, pods or anything like that. I mean, I do think, you know, you bring up a great point with the conference realignment. I mean, it seems like we're definitely trending in that direction, which, you know, I feel like if you, you know, were to split the, um, you know, college fan bases in a, it, you know, there would probably be a good portion of them that are for conference realignment. And then there's probably a good portion that are, um, you know, traditionalists and want to kind of keep the conferences in place. But, you know, I think like anything, I mean, there's so many uh, moving parts. I mean, it's, it, we're, we're not talking every single year or even every four or five years where, these, there's these drastic conference realignments. I think it's healthy, um, you know, because there's certain programs that catch fire and there's certain programs that kind of, um, you know, stay status quo. So I think, you know, the constant, constant realignment, conference realignment might not be the best thing, but, you know, every eight to 10 years, I, I think it's something that, um, you know, it's, it's really beneficial for not just college basketball, college football, um, you know, kind of across the board to be able to, you know, mix in, um, you know, some new new teams and in into different conferences, um, you know, from a pod standpoint in these individual conferences, um, you know, I'd like to say, I, I, you know, try to keep as many um, rivalry type games in place as possible. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, up and down college basketball, college football. I mean, I could give you a list of, 10 top rivalries and, and you could come up with the list of 10 top rivalries and we might not have a single rivalry that, that are intertwined among our list. But, um, you know, I think to try to keep as many rivalries in place um, is, is really good for the game, but, you know, really excited to see uh, where this all goes. Yeah. So stepping away from the basketball court for a second, Give me a couple uh, what are some movies, TV shows that you've been watching recently? Um, I know we, we talked a little Adam Sandler last time. Um, so, so draw me a, 
drop hog fans a couple recommendations on uh, what they should be checking out this summer. So I happened to stumble across a show, um, you know, flipping through the channels called Below Deck. And um, let's just say I've been actively binging it for about a month. And it's incredible. I mean, it's like there were six or seven seasons of the original one. And then there was a spinoff where they did it in the Mediterranean where there's about six seasons. So um, good 12 seasons to really binge. I mean, it's um, really, really good show. It's like kind of, um, you know, hits everything. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a crew that services a, um, you know, private charter yacht and, there's different groups of people that come on the yacht every every episode, every episode and a half. There's drama with the crew. There's drama with the um, you know the people that are going on vacation. So it's a uh, really good show. I mean, I I don't know. I I, I didn't think in my uh, wildest dreams I'd ever be hooked on a show like this, but I just can't turn it off. Oh. All right. Well, as the the last episode of the Rooter Roundup. Um, the, the last segment, the last question I'm going to ask you is what, what are you most looking forward to uh, from the Hogs on the basketball court this year, heading into year number three, hopefully in front of 20,000 plus in, at, at Bud Walton? I guess what are some things that maybe are going to be different in year three or that you're looking forward to in year three that have been different from the previous two? Well, I mean, I think you just touched on it. It's a fan base. Um, you know, I feel terrible for our guys last year having that unbelievable season and not being able to do it in front of a packed Bud Walton, you know, our first year, being a new staff, being a team that was kind of, you know, figuring things out and, and, and kind of getting our feet wet, um, you know, to be able to see some of the crowds, especially that Kentucky crowd, uh, was incredible. Um, you know, so, so going into year three for our guys, like, you know, Devo, Jay Will, uh, JD, you know, all those guys that were here last year. And then, then all the, obviously all the new guys to be able to experience a packed Bud Walton, um, you know, really is second to none. I mean, I've been fortunate enough, um, in my coaching career, uh, to be able to see some unbelievable venues across the country, some of the toughest places to play both as a home team and as a road team. And I really think, uh, you know, the experience at Bud Walton, and it really is an experience. It's not going to a basketball game. It's a, it's an experience. That experience is uh, really second to none, not just in college basketball, but really in college athletics when that place gets rocking, which, you know, hopefully our expectation is from uh, game one all the way through to game um, 31, that that place is, um, you know, it's tough to, place to play in the entire country so um really excited for our guys to be able to experience that yeah coach that that sounds like a excellent recruiting pitch right there you just you just laid it out if, if i'm a four or five star especially from the state of arkansas i don't know why i wouldn't want to go be a razorback i appreciate you doing this three-part series it was a it was a fun time and uh, i'm sure we'll catch up in the future but if i don't talk to you before the season good luck uh let's 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 make another run deep in the tournament and i'm excited to see the guys out on the floor this year. Awesome. Thanks so much for your support. And thanks so much for, you know, all you do, not just, um, you know, promoting men's basketball, but, you know, just Arkansas uh, sports kind of throughout the spectrum. Um, you know, you do a tremendous job and, um, 
you know, we're, we're excited and, and very fortunate to, you know, kind of have you as a uh, asset within the Razorback fan base. I appreciate it, coach. I will say it, it makes my uh, my job a lot more fun when the teams are winning. So if you guys can keep that winning part going, I'll, I'll keep doing it on my end. We'll do it just for you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you get that Chipotle uh, sponsorship, by the way. That's 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 long overdue. Yeah, I know. I need I, I need it, but uh, you know, I'll just keep going until they uh, kick me out or give me a sponsorship. All right, that'll wrap up this series of the Rooter Roundup. Coach, it was a pleasure having you on. Good luck this year. Thanks so much.